to express yourself where teens talk and the world listens presented by star style productions as an international outreach program of be the star you are charity you'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters meet and chat with cool celebrities exhilarating experts and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know it's time to kick off the fun with our star teens welcome to express yourself A tremendous amount of needless pain and suffering can be eliminated by ensuring that health insurance is universally available. Daniel Aka. Hello, and welcome back to Express Yourself. We are a program by, for, and with creative young people, a platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice of America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself and Star, Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. For today's show, Be The Star You Are wants to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported Be The Star You Are over the years. We're thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit www btsya.com www.btsya.com every dollar counts and we will use the funds for our outreach programs make sure to listen to express yourself wherever you listen to radio or music itunes amazon iHeartRadio, stitcher spotify and more we broadcast from the empowerment channel on voice america radio the largest radio network in the world be the Star You Are is presenting a virtual magic show with a renowned Irish magician on Saturday, April 23rd at noon Pacific Standard Time. The magic show is for all ages and is free, but you must register so that we can send you the Zoom link. Go to www.bethestarur.org. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Rose Sarner, and today's show will be all about public health and the importance of it. In segment one, we'll be hearing from Kerpa, who will discuss society's influence on public health. In segment two, I'll be discussing the importance of public health in relation to urban food policy. And in seg segment three, I'll be talking to our reporter, Hannah, as she takes a deep look into the core of public health. Hello, Kerpa, and welcome to Express Yourself. Hello. Um, what is public health and how do you think that public health is defined now? Um, I think public health is kind of, you know, defined as keeping the people around us in our neighborhoods and communities safe. And according to Charles Edward Armley Winslow, public health is the science and art of preventing disease, prolonging life and promoting health through the organized effort and informed choices of society, organizations, public and private communities, including individuals. Wow, that's really interesting. I think it's really important when you say that public health is 
promoting health through different organizations and different groups because I think it's one thing to know like different factors of public health, but it's really important to promote it, especially in the United States today and with so much going on. So how do you think, with that being said, like how do you think public health influences people's lives? I think public health influences people's lives by protecting them and improving neighborhoods and communities by preventing epidemics and spreading illnesses and diseases all around. In addition, they also encourage healthy lifestyles for children and families, protecting against dangers in homes, work communities, and the environment. Right. And I think it's really important too, like public health, it's one thing to like encourage a healthy lifestyle, but it's also important to um, protect people by like giving them the resources they need and not just like saying we're going to encourage this and this, but giving people the tools and the resources to do that. Um, And how do you think that people at home who are like concerned about um, different dangers or diseases that are constantly happening, how do you think, like what causes these concerns? I mean, it can come from a various of factors, including genetics, social activity, diseases, and access to proper nutrition. Some of the different reasons are like air pollution and they affect the lungs, heart, and brain, which can lead to illnesses like cancer, stroke, and cardiovascular disease. Another common reason is alcohol and tobacco use. Alcohol has short-term and long-term effects, but it can cause alcohol poisoning and injuries. Long-term effects are liver disease, high blood pressure, and mental health problems. On the other hand, tobacco has long-term effects, including cancer, heart disease, lung disease, and increased problems with the immune system. Wow. I've never, I never knew about all those I mean, air pollution can lead to so many illnesses, which I think is really important to know, especially with the fight against climate change, too, and understanding that everything in our environment or in our world basically has an effect on public health. Like, it's really tied to everything. And do you think that different, like, organisms or um, animals, too, can influence public health? Because you did mention that there are a bunch of different reasons in our environment that our people can have diseases? Um, animals can actually alert people to possible environmental or physical threats, such as like fires or maybe earthquakes. Dog or cat owners actually go five times more than people outside, go five times more than people who don't have pets. But that's not really all they can do. They can help with an immense amount without public health. They can help when we feel lonely, depression, anxiety, or stress. Right. I have a dog who... Um, we, he's an emotional support dog for my um, for my dad, which is really um, it's really nice because he's able to have like if he has anxiety or something, the dog can really be useful to those people with immense amounts of um, diseases or illnesses um, or anything. And does public health? Do you think it affects animals? It actually can affect animals because. They can get the same illnesses that humans can get, such as like poor air quality, like we mentioned earlier, water shortage, which I believe many stray dogs probably or cats have problems reaching. And also safety can affect them, like maybe when they go out on the road and they don't see a car coming or, you know, sometimes the pound tends to keep them for two weeks and then kind of puts them to sleep. So I think a variety of factors can really um, affect animals as well. Yeah, that's really interesting. I have I didn't know about that before, but I'm glad you mentioned it. It's good to know for um, humans and finding ways they can 
um, protect their animals who I know a lot of people love and who consider like a second child sometimes. Yeah. Um, but what are some recent ways public health has affected, um, has had an effect on humans lately? A good example is the COVID-19 pandemic. This has affected humans worldwide physically, leading to illness and death and the mental health of humans due to list jobs, decreased social interactions, and loneliness. For the years to come, humans will face some of the long-term consequences of this global pandemic. Humans must come together as a team during times like this. Right. And I know with COVID-19, um, it's been really hard because people's health who have um, been compromised by COVID-19 has been really hard on them. Like they've had to stop working. They've um, their jobs have been um, they've been fired. Some people have had to leave their job because of they're not able to come because of they have underlying health conditions or they're immune compromised. And I know there's a lot of organizations that have tried to help combat um, people. So do you know of any organizations that play an important role in public health? Important organizations include the CDC, which I know they help with a variety of diseases and illnesses. Community health centers and public health organizations also help. World health organizations and many more local ones, maybe the ones around us, like maybe including hospitals sometimes, and some global organizations that help worldwide. Yeah, there's so many cool organizations um, in the world that are really helping and playing an important role in public health, like you just mentioned. Um, but I know you mentioned like more local communities and um, local organizations that are also playing an important role in public health. And I know that a lot of teens out there are always trying to get involved with things they're passionate about. So how do you think that teens can help with um, public health? They can work with a community outreach on ways to target public health issues locally, such as air quality, plastic use and safety. They can also reach others globally globally through news outlets, social media, and most importantly, through Express Yourself Teen Radio. Yeah, it's so funny. Um, and also, how have have you gotten involved and tried to help public health recently? Um, so I do Girl Scouts, and I will, this Saturday, actually, we're doing this thing called Love Turlock, where we're going to go, some people might go to a homeless shelter, go plant some like plants and areas and do garbage cleanup or like for Earth Day, I remember we went around picking up trash, you know, and I actually had a stray dog. We had found him. Um, he went to the pound and he's with us and I really love him a lot. And so he's amazing. And I think public health really should be noticed more because it's, I don't think a thing really people really like listen to or, really pay attention to. Yeah, definitely. I've done a bunch of organizations um, in the past. Like I know there's um, Tree People, which is really popular um, in California that like plants trees. And because like you said, it's really important to um, improve environmental factors that people kind of don't really notice much and don't pay attention to about like what they're really affecting. Um, I've also volunteered um at a food bank um quite a bit actually and those are really important because it's also targeting like the food aspect of public health which is also overlooked and I think just like you said like finding ways in your local community is really important to um, find ways to get involved and do you think that like public health like there should be like courses 
about public health, like in schools or anything like that? Or do you think that would help? I think it would, because I know schools and science, they more learn about illnesses. What I'm learning in my class, at least, is about illnesses, diseases, and the systems. But I think maybe if we had maybe once a month or once a week, we had a environmental person come into the classroom or to the school and talk to each classroom about how we can help and improve public health. I think really that would make a huge difference in our communities, the world, and just everywhere else. Yeah, I th- I agree. Um, at my school, they have like human development where they talk about like nutrition too, um, as like another sector of like your science class and just like healthcare um, too. But they don't really touch on really like that much of the institutions that are involved with public health and how they're um, able to affect change and stuff like that. So I think again, it's really important to find aspects and um, ways you can learn more um, for yourself too. I know there's a bunch of like websites and like free classes um, on, I've heard about some like free classes that talk about like healthcare or just pretty much span across um, interests that you can look into to learn more about public health and what's really happening. And do you think that like the media does a good job with public health or and like shedding light on public health or maybe the concerns of public health too? I think media can have a both negative and positive effect. I mean, influencers probably really don't talk about that as much, but I think maybe if the more celebrities or the influencers, maybe if they actually talked about it a lot more, it would make a difference because I know a lot of people buy products from celebrities or influencers because I guess they're famous And so I think if maybe the media has more people putting it out or just even people just around our town just put it out, I think it can get across because some people may actually realize, oh, I never knew that was a thing and actually start helping because, you know, they feel passionate about it. Yeah, I agree. I think the media can definitely have a positive and a negative effect. But I think now, like, a lot of influencers are using their platforms to do better and really highlight um, things that they're passionate about that's also ignored. Um, Like, I know there's a lot of publications online, too, that are doing a great job of, like, offering um, different people to have, like, a guest column or something and write about things they're passionate about. And normally these, their columns are, like, different and unique that, which we don't technically like get a sense of in the regular media or um, in your classes. So like you said, I think it's really important to, and also just like finding like facts and evidence um, and that can be backed up by what you're supporting because it's really important to gain credibility, especially when you're in the media, because I know there's a lot of fake news sometimes. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think maybe sometimes even like news report places like CNN or ABC News, they can also put it out um, that, you know, we should be helping more with public health. Or I think maybe some newspapers can have a dedicated page to how to help the environment. Because I know when I go to school, I see trash everywhere. Kids don't tend to pick it up. Or even when I'm just driving by to places, I see trash just everywhere on the floor. Yeah, 
Well, unfortunately, that is all we have time for for the segment. So thank you so much for sharing all that. I definitely learned a lot. Um, But we will be back with my segment, Bite Share, in the next segment. And as always, we want to hear your thoughts and we want you to answer your questions. So please email us at btsyateenradio at gmail.com. That's btsyateenradio at gmail.com. Check out our radio site at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com and our creative community site at www.btsya.com. You can get involved with Be The Star You Are charity, buy books and t-shirts in our store, sign up for our free newsletter, and make a donation to Be The Star You Are. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Show the world your smile. Be the star you are. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at be the star you are radio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel you're listening to express yourself on the voice america kids channel where teens talk and the world listens express yourself is produced by star style productions llc as an international outreach program of be the star you are charity for more information about our show visit expressyourselfteenradio.com now back to our star teens hi everyone i'm your host rose sarner and today i will be sharing about public health in relation to urban food policy in my segment, Bite Share. So here we go. I'm going to start off by defining public health. And for those who may not know what it is, public health promotes and protects the health of people and the communities where they live, learn, work, and play. There are many parts to public health and many fields of public health. Some examples are first responders, restaurant inspectors, health educators, scientists and researchers, 
nutritionists, community planners, social workers, epidemiologists, public health physicians, public health nurses, occupational health and safety professionals, public policymakers, sanitarians, and much more. As you can probably tell, public health is a large field that is necessary as it only not only ensures people are healthy, but provides jobs, health, resources, and more for every community. One part of public health that is heavily debated is whether or not there should be a universal right to health care. I personally think that this should not be a debated topic because the answer is so obvious. People should not be dying or getting ill because they're lacking access to proper resources. In the United States today, citizens have access to public education, road maintenance, law enforcement, and more. However, one's access to healthy produce and food is where healthcare should start. If people are living off of food from convenience stores and fast food franchises that are filled with chemicals, it will ultimately lead to their risk of diseases in the future. Access to fresh produce is one factor that will aid citizens' health. However, being educated about the food you're putting into your body is what will affect long-term change. Similarly, the human right to food is similar, however, not as popular and on people's radar. Though it is quite simple, under international human rights law, food is not a commodity nor a privilege. It is an invisible and un and it is an invisible right to which all people, regardless of race, gender, or age, are entitled. Governments first and foremost are obligated to take positive actions to facilitate its enjoyment and avoid taking ne negative actions that would diminish its realization. More than 170 countries have consented to this legal responsibility. The United States, which has general aversion to international human rights agreements has not. Despite signing the International Convenient on Economic, Social, and Cultural Rights, which confides the human right to food in 1977, the United States, under both Democrat and Republican administration, never finished the ratification process. They're ignoring obligations to realize the right to food simply because the U.S. has not ratified the ICESCR is no longer serving the government or those who are most vulnerable to hunger and food insecurity. The U.S. is denying the reality and refusing to formally recognize the right to food. However, states have adopted programs and policies to increase access to affordable health food. Unfortunately, nutrition education is not a priority in our country's education system. Between 2000 and 2014, the percentage of schools providing required instruction on nutrition and dietary behaviors decreased from 84.6% to 74.1%. Typically, wellness programs focus more on physical education rather than what is inside our bodies. While exercise and diet go hand in hand, a balanced diet is crucial in making a difference in our overall health. After all, we are what we eat. Beginning in the 20. 22-2023 school year, California will become the first state to implement statewide universal meal programs in public schools. According to the California Department of Education, California's universal meal programs is designed to build on the foundations of the federal national school lunch program and school breakfast program. 
In addition, on July 9th, 2021, Assembly Bill 130 was passed that states there will be $150 million in one-time funding to support kitchen infrastructure and nutrition staff training. California's Universal Meal Program is a much-needed first step towards improving children's eating habits. However, California schools still lack comprehensive health education and food literacy programs, a solution that California schools have begun implementing into elementary, middle, and high schools to help increase nutritional education are school gardens. School gardens programs can increase students' nutrition, knowledge, their overall public health, and willingness to try fruit and vegetables, and also create positive attitudes about fruits and vegetables. Not only are students able to learn about how to maintain a garden, students are also able to learn firsthand how pro produce from these gardens can be incorporated into school meals. Additionally, the knowledge students gain from their experience maintaining a garden can aid in their academic success. So really, their academic success is dependent on their overall health. And I think that's really important to point out because in our world now, public health, like Kirpa and I mentioned, is often ignored because people don't think it really ties in to the whole entire world. But in the reality, the reality is that public health is tied into all parts of society and really affects every part of one's health and one's um, job and all kinds of things. And when I was in elementary school, we did have, um, we were lucky enough to have a public garden and a garden that we, on campus, that students engaged with. Um, there were also cooking classes that students were able to harvest um, vegetables and fruits from the garden and herbs and then take it to the cooking classes and really put your knowledge together and combine different parts of a learning environment, which I think is really important um, now because there's so much we learn in history and English and between math and science and STEM that there's so much overlap and intertwine between different academic subjects. So and it doesn't stop when it comes to food and food literacy and nutritional education because everything is tied in and everything is all um, incorporated in a healthy learning environment and it all comes together to affect your overall health. However, despite all of these efforts and measures to improve um, not only California's meal programs, but California's access to fresh food and also the world's access to fresh food, 42 million people in the world are still expected to experience food insecurity this year, which is an insane number of people um, for the amount of things people are doing. So it's really important to acknowledge that despite all the efforts, there still is more to be done. And I think Right now, like um, I mentioned, California and the local communities are really starting to acknowledge that. So it's really important to talk and email your state legislators, your representatives um, in your local communities, your mayors to really enact change and tell them what you want to happen. I remember um, in elementary school, I had this project where each student picked something that was that was important, that was important to be addressed in their community or that was um, had a strong effect in their community. And I remember I picked um, 
the importance of road maintenance and potholes because there's a pothole down my street that was large and the um, county and the state wasn't really doing much um, to fix road maintenance, which is also really important. Um, and we, each student was able to email their representatives or send postcards and tell them what they wanted to be fixed um, and how it was affecting them. And actually, like, within the month, um, the pothole was fixed and I saw um, people coming to fix it. And so I definitely noticed a difference also um, outside of the couple blocks that I live in, but also in my community. So I think that really goes to show that if something is really on your mind or is bugging you, you really need to take action and email your state legislators to enact change and start the conversation around it. I know with COVID, a lot of people have lost their jobs and have um, had horrible things happen to them because um, of health insurance, because of the costs that are really large. And so it goes to show that public health is really an important issue that is affecting many people's lives. So it's really important to address that. And unfortunately, we're out of time for this segment, but we will be back with Hannah in segment three. Thank you. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The positive message outreach program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Show the world your smile. Be the star you are. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel you're listening to express yourself on the voice america kids channel where teens talk and the world listens express yourself is produced by star style productions llc as an international outreach program of be the star you are charity for more information about our show visit expressyourselfteenradio.com now back to our star teens 
everyone. I'm Rose, your host, and today's show is all about public health. Right now, I will be sharing one of a couple of my favorite recipes and tips and tricks when going through the farmer's market. Because remember, farmer's markets can really benefit your overall public health. After all, you're sourcing your ingredients from farmers themselves. Um, They're not using any pesticides that you would see at like your typical grocery store where things are processed. Um, And also farmers markets, they're also helping um, small businesses and businesses that don't have enough money to really start their own storefront. Um, So it's really important that you help out your farmers markets. So one of my favorite things to do on Sundays is go to my local farmers market and If you're in Los Angeles or the greater Los Angeles area, there are many farmer's markets all over. And I know that when I travel, um, I always try to find farmer's markets, especially if I'm there on like, if I'm traveling over like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, because there's always farmer's markets all over. Um, A couple of my favorites are the Los Angeles ones, but I also love the New York ones. Um, I've been to a couple in Nashville and also in Missouri. So you can pretty much find them anywhere. And when I go to the farmer's market, I always go with my mom and we take our bags, which are really important because like we were mentioning in the first segment, um, different environmental factors also have effect on people's public health, like pollution. So it's really important that you are bringing your own reusable bags um, or tote bags so you're not harming the environment even more because one plastic bag can really go a long way. And so we go to the farmer's market and I like to grab a couple different produce items from a variety of stations, such as apples from one seller and my vegetables from another. That way I'm really supporting all the businesses I'm able to support and the largest amount of people I can really come in contact with and talk to. Um, And so When it's the summer, especially at this time right now, um, I really enjoy buying foods that are in season, such as tomatoes, um, oranges, citrus, um, and those are a couple of my favorites. So I really like one easy recipe that I love making um, is bruschetta from the farmer's market. And I love buying like a whole grain um, bread from a farmer's market stand that has a lot of seeds and nuts in it for some healthy fats, um, as well as some carbohydrates in the bread um, and complex carbs. Um, So I chop that up, the bread up, thinly slice it um, and pop it in the toaster when I sprinkle some olive oil, salt and pepper on it. And then I put that in the toaster. You can also grill it too if the weather's really nice outside and you're doing a summer barbecue. Um, I like having like a char on the bread too, which is really nice and it looks really pretty too. So it impresses your guests. And then I'll go ahead and take my tomatoes, um, chop them up really fine, chop them up in like halves or um, quarters. And I'll also chop up some basil, which is really nice um, because it makes you think of summer. It gets you in the herb feeling. Um, It's just really nice because it adds a different level of taste. Um, And then I also at my farmer's market, they sell um, not just fruits and vegetables, but they, like I said, they sell bread, but they also sell like cheeses and fresh made pastas that are really easy to make that you can store in your freezers. Um, They sell um, crackers and stuff like that. So I get um, 
this cheese called stracciatella. Some of you may have heard of it, but it's really common on bruschetta or also on like pizza, like a farm fresh pizza at a farm to table restaurant, which is really delicious. Um, so I get some of the stracciatella and I, once I take my bread off the grill or out of your toaster oven, you take your bread out and you sprinkle your stracciatella, however much cheese you want. And then you add on your tomatoes and then you add on your basil and then you can sprinkle a little bit more olive oil, crack a little bit more pepper. And then sometimes people like to squeeze lemon on it, which is really nice for a tangy taste. Um, and then you pretty much got it. Um, oh, I also like to sprinkle a little bit of arugula on to get the fresh like green taste, which is really nice. But that's a really fun summer recipe. And it also can be really adaptable. Like my mom and I have done it with um, the grilled bed, the stracciatella trees, and we've done um, grilled peaches or nectarines on it too. Um, you can also make a variety of different toasts. Like you can add like your fresh um, jam from your favorite fruit, which is really easy to make. You can also add on your um, honey, a little bit of honey on it, which is really nice. And also some crushed up nuts like pistachios or almonds is really nice too. So that is one of my favorite recipes. And here is Hannah on her segment, Empowerment and Equality. Hi, Hannah. Hi, everyone. My name is Hannah Sahota, and I'm a reporter for the Express Yourself radio show with my segment, Empowerment and Equality. Today, we will be discussing the topic of public health. What exactly is public health? How does the field affect communities and result in a safer environment and health conditions? Are there any disadvantages or disparities correlated with public health? We will delve into each of these questions and truly take a deep look into the core of public health. Let's begin. According to the CDC Foundation, public health is the science of protecting and improving the health of people and their communities. This protection of communities and people can be achieved with a multitude of different steps and procedures taken, including educating the public about healthy lifestyle choices, researching disease and injury prevention, preparing communities for emergencies such as famine, natural disasters, and outbreaks of infectious diseases. More than ever, public health has become increasingly relevant and prominent with the recent pandemic of COVID-19 which has affected millions of individuals worldwide. As of now, they have 510 million cases of COVID-19, followed up by an astonishing 6.2 million deaths. Large territories and places without the proper preventative materials and funds were hit the hardest by the pandemic, with the morality rates of the disease being the highest in countries such as the United States, India, Brazil, France, and Germany. With public health, doctors, researchers, and the government took extensive steps to ensure a safer environment for communities, including vaccinations, enforced quantities, increased education on how to prevent contracting COVID-19 through wearing masks and social distancing, and limiting contractual exposure through strict regulations and thorough health checks. 
Public health is one of the main factors why COVID-19 did not take the lives of millions more, which shows how significant the field is for living our normal way of life with comfort and safety. Now let's go more in depth about the main functions and steps in public health. There are three main levels or steps when dealing with public safety, assessment, policy development, and assurance. Step one, assessment, is a step that is the initial process of handling diseases or environmental dangers. Scientists and researchers will have to monitor health status of communities to identify and find possible solutions to health problems with information such as a community health profile, yearly and relevant statistics, and the overall status of the community at the time. They will investigate health problems and hazards in the community to find the root of the problem with materials such as epidemiological surveillance systems, laboratory support, and individual accounts of the issue. Many governments and science organizations employ similar strategies to legendary Chinese General Sun Tzu. As he once said, know the enemy and know yourself in a hundred battles, you will never be in peril. Knowledge is power, and this notion has essentially been the motto of the field of public health. If you can identify and nullify a health problem before it becomes large-scale or fatal, then the method will easily prevent the community from potentially experiencing them. The second step is policy development. This includes informing and educating individuals about the health issues, mobilizing community action in order to combat health problems, and developing policies and plans to support individual and community health efforts. By bringing awareness to health problems with platforms such as social media, along with the constant health promotions, it empowers individuals to share this notion with others, which inherently helps fight against the problem because more people can identify it and take appropriate preventative measure. For instance, during the height of the pandemic, large social media apps such as Instagram and TikTok enacted a feature placing COVID-19 notifications on the top of every single user's posts and social feed, encouraging people to get vaccinated and social distance from others until the infectious disease had went away. The information simultaneously encouraged community safety and awareness while debunking any false information from skeptical, uninformed users of the platform who may have been against vaccinations or cause, them, cause harm to themselves and others, which is why this method and step is so effective and frequently used. While educating the public, the government during this step takes the stage of developing policies and plans stemming from step one, assessment, with enacting plans like leadership development and health system planning to present a cohesive and concrete approach to the health problem that is threatening the lives and conditions of many. The last step is assurance, which is, in short, reassuring the public that the problem is under control. This includes linking people to needed personal health services and ensuring proper health care, enforcing laws and regulations placed for safety, such as sanitary codes, quarantine, item restrictions, and evaluating the effectiveness, accessibility, and quality of provided health care services while continually researched for new solutions to protect health and ensure safety from both population-based and individual health programs. These three steps make up every single policy and course of action taken by public health organizations, such as the CDC, 
Center for Disease Control and Prevention, American Public Health Association, National Institutes of Health, and more. When dealing with the safety and conditions of communities, it is essential for health problems to be handled in an efficient, safe, and ethical way in order to produce the best results. However, despite these extensive procedures, there are a concerning amount of disparities in the field of public health. According to the World Health Organization, health inequalities are differences in health status or in the distribution of health resources between different population groups, arising from the social conditions in which people are born, grow, live, work, and age. In today's society, discrimination and prejudice have a large impact on public health and could be reduced by the proper amount of governmental policies and aids toward these disadvantaged groups and communities. Factors such as education, employment status, income level, gender, and ethnicity result in systematic differences that could be detrimental to one's health. Examples of this include third world countries who aren't able to properly access medical aid and support necessary survival, which results in unneeded deaths with disease, women who aren't able to access medication or procedures because of unknowing prejudice or misdiagnoses from their doctors, poor communities who have less access to health institutions and live in harsher conditions, in contrast to rich countries and communities, and communities with more diverse population and socioeconomic statuses have less opportunities or access to good health care or thorough public health. In short, these disparities harm health by increasing the prevalence of poverty, generating chronic stress due to increased social comparisons, and eroding social cohesion and destabilizing institutions that protect health because of all of the determinants of health, factors that influence an individual's or population's health. In order to rectify this problem, more policies and regulations should be passed in order to equal, ensure the equal and fair distribution of health resources between these population groups and increase education. Public health is one of the most important factors in today's society because it greatly contributes to our community safety and makes sure that health problems are addressed in a cohesive manner. Wow, Hannah, I learned so much. So thank you so much for that extremely informative segment. And I have a question for those who are just curious um, how people get involved and stuff like that. What are some professions in public health? Great question. Public health is a very, very broad field with many different professions, such as being an epidemiologist, biostatistician, health educator, biomedical science, and biomedical engineer. Wow, there's so many fantastic professions that people can pursue um, to really get involved and enact change in public health. And unfortunately, we're out of time for today's show, but here is some exciting news. Simon Ryan, a renowned magician, um, just had his Express Yourself um, show, so that was wonderful. And again, um, as always, we express our gratitude to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment Crew, especially our audio engineer, Josh, Thanks to our guests from across the world and a huge thank you to our listeners for making us a top rated program. For more information about Be The Star You Are charity, visit www.bethestarur.org. Find us on Instagram at Express Yourself Radio. 
advocate for your health, live with wellness. Always remember to speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to Express Yourself. Stars to shine between